Today's episode of America's Hometown Horror is brought to you by Shine Through Window Cleaning. Shine Through Window Cleaning is a family-owned and operated company proudly serving Plymouth and the surrounding area. We treat your home or business like we would treat our own and believe in building our reputation on every job we do. Get in touch with us today to discuss your window cleaning, gutter cleaning, and power washing needs at 781-812-9189. That's 781-812-9189. Or at shinethroughinc.net. That's shine, T-H-R-U, inc.net. That's shine through window cleaning. Away we go. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of America's Hometown Horror Podcast. We are extremely grateful that you've chose to listen to us. Uh, we are coming to you live from Plymouth, Mass., uh, America's hometown, obviously, from the title description. My name is Mike, and I am joined here by my co-host, Andrew. How we doing? And Catherine. Hey, what's up? So uh, our purpose here is to bring you guys coverage of all things horror from movies, TV, books, comic books, uh, and especially haunted attractions uh, all around the New England area. We are here to do that for you guys, give you a little bit of local coverage, uh, and talk about the things that you're interested in from a horror perspective. Uh, It's our pleasure to be here, so thank you very much for tuning in to the first episode. So with that being said, uh, we're going to cover a specific format over our episodes here. This is our first one, so bear with us as we try and get our legs underneath us. Uh, but basically, we're going to cover movies like this episode, go through the plot, go through some questions, some discussion about the movie, about the plot, uh, some other things outside the box thinking or outside the coffin thinking, as we call it. Uh, talk a little bit about... Uh, oh, you like that? That's pretty funny, did. Huh? Yeah, that was right off the cuff. I liked it. Yeah, Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Came up with that uh, on nice. the fly. Nice so. coffin <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully we don't put cat in a coffin by the end. I think we'll all survive, if we could. If we could. Uh, one other thing to note, too, if you're listening here, uh, you may hear the official mascot of the American... Uh, excuse me, America's Hometown Horror Podcast, Otis... Otis the Hound Dog, who is uh, pacing around us right now as we record, uh, you may hear him bark, so don't mind that. But anyway, uh, we're going to start off by talking about a couple of different trailers that dropped this week. Uh, we're recording here on Friday the 13th, which, I mean, what a day to kick things off, you guys. I mean, can't doesn't get much better than this. Yeah, I mean, I mean this is the day for uh, all horror perfect. fans. I don't understand why. It's not snowing out either, so that's a plus. Yeah, it's no raining, snow. which is kind of I'll take rain every Which is day. great. The rain does suck. But, you know, at least we're inside here nice and warm talking about uh, talking about some good horror things that came out over the last week. Uh, so we have three trailers that we want to break down for you guys today and talk a little bit about uh, huge week for trailers. Most anticipated of the three is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm. Now... I don't know about you guys, I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan, have been forever, uh, you know, obviously more so the first movie than the second, even though the second movie is a little bit underrated. Uh, they have been planning this sequel for quite a while, we got some still images from the movie, we got a poster, and we got a teaser trailer uh, this week, which showed a little bit of footage from the movie, didn't give too much away. Uh, I could honestly talk about this for an hour by itself. But, uh, Andrew, what did you think of the trailer? 
I thought it looked good. I mean, um, I've heard a lot of negative responses to it. Everyone's saying that it's like a, a Stranger Things movie, mm-hmm. which I think is more geared toward the fact that what's-his-face from Stranger Things is in it. Finn Wolf hard. Yeah, Finn Wolf very hard. <laughs> and um, No, but yeah, just in general. Finn Wolf rock hard. I think they take into effect the fact that there's kids that generally are the main actors in the movie, which necessarily doesn't make it a Stranger Things movie. I mean, that's been going on since the 80s with It and many other movies, um, for that matter. But um, I thought it looked good. I thought it looked interesting. I thought there were some nice um, throwbacks to the originals in it. Um, I thought they picked a phenomenal actor to play Spengler's granddaughter because they basically look exactly the same. Oh, my God. Exactly she, she looks just like her. It's unbelievable. Like, they could literally be the same person. Yeah. Um, same so. glasses, same curly dark hair. Yeah, I think I mean, it's got great potential. And I, I think that they were kind of dancing around the fact for a while that this was supposed to be, you know, Egon Spengler's granddaughter and family. Uh, they didn't come out and acknowledge it, but obviously it's implied based on the trailer. So, yeah, there's your first. Shout out uh, to Otis over shout there. Shout out to Otis. Shout out to Otis, the official mascot of the uh, podcast. Good, buddy? You good? Excellent. But, yeah, I, I mean, oh, my God. They, they I feel like it's an obviously it's an intentional thing to make her look exactly like Egon did in the original movie. And this, like you mentioned, there's a lot of good uh, Easter eggs in there. Uh, a couple ones that I picked out, obviously, she slides down the fire pole when she finds his old equipment. Uh, in the original movie, he famously says that his hobbies are collecting uh, spores and fungus, and they show his collection of spores and fungus. Uh, you know, they obviously the Ecto-1 is a huge part of this trailer. There's a gunner seat in the Ecto-1, which was not in the movies, but it was in the, uh, the real Ghostbusters cartoon from the 80s, which I fucking loved, uh, along with, you know, uh, you know, high C Ecto-cooler. Oh, that was one of Give the best all beverages day, all day. that I used to have my lunch pack going to school with. So, mm-hmm. can't yeah. beat on that. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely agree. I got a lot of Stranger Things vibes out of it. You know, Which, Finn, Finn, Finn Wolfhard probably plays a huge oh. part in that. But I think, you know, just the, 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 the whole aspect of kids teaming up to kind of save the day from some sort of supernatural threat uh, is ripped right from the 80s. You know, movies like, uh, you know, Spielberg movies of the 80s, which obviously Stranger Things was inspired by in the first place. So yeah, I think exactly. they some stuff and the, you know, Those people have a good point when they get mad about that because clearly those uh, shows and movies that involve a lot of children in them as the main characters, they suck terribly. Like, those are the worst. Like, who wants to watch It? Who wants to see Stranger Things? Those are terrible shows. Why would you want to watch any of that? Serious? Oh, wait, actually, yes. <laughs> That's my point exactly. It's a good idea. There's nothing wrong with it. So when people just bash on things for no reason, it's because they just want to be haters. I mean, there's some terrible kid actors out there. I mean, prime 1A example is... Carl from Carl, The Walking you know, Dead. You, 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 you took the words <laughs> yep. right out of Carl my mouth. from The Walking Dead. Uh, you know, he's, he's ter- so he was terrible. Annoying. He was famously uh. fired from the show. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's a nice kid and everything, but... Uh, take he, off he, he, that yeah. silly ass Yeah, Carl, <laughs> take off that hat, bro. Take that hat off. He, Yeah, he was my least favorite part of The Walking Dead for a long time, so... Um, so, yeah, very excited about the Ghostbusters trailer. Uh, the next trailer that we want to cover is Antlers, which, if you have not heard of this movie, it is the latest offering from Guillermo del Toro, uh, of course, won the uh, Best Director Oscar last year or two years ago. 
uh, for The Shape of Water, which really is a horror movie at heart. He's directed Pan's Labyrinth. He directed Crimson Peak. He directed uh, Mimic back in the day. Huge veteran of horror, kind of returning to his roots here for a good old-fashioned monster movie. And for me, I've known about this one for a little while. I've been super excited. Uh, I... (laughs) So one thing that you guys will, will come to hear over the, uh, you know, over the next few podcasts here is I, I tend to be the only one that reads. My two co-hosts aren't a huge fan of, What's, uh, um, of reading. What is um, books? What I'm, do you call I'm more reading? of a visual learner, so I get more out of like, drawing and seeing things versus reading things. But mm-hmm. that's me, personally. Mm-hmm. Just, just I get, saying. I get more out of listening to people talk, you know, like podcasts sure. like this that are... Well, Very good to help enlighten you when you don't know anything about most things. Audiobooks count. Audiobooks count for that, too. But anyway, uh, Antlers is based on a short story by a guy named Nick Antosca, uh, who was the mind behind the fantastic show on sci-fi Channel Zero, uh, which was criminally underwatched and unfortunately was canceled after season four at the beginning of this year. Uh, I would highly recommend that you go check that show out if you haven't watched it already. Did you watch Channel Zero? I've seen one episode, and I can't remember it, but there's a bunch of weird pirate characters. Yeah. That was the first season. Yeah, you yeah. probably watched it with us. That's Candle Cove from oh, the first Candle season. Co- that was a very good episode. So it's each so. each season is based on a, a different creepypasta story, and they picked four good ones. It's just weird... It's scary, it's disturbing. But each season was different, but in its own, like, twisted way, which was nice. Like, the last one, or was it the last one that was the Haunted House one? No, that was two. That That was, was that was, uh, No no End House was The No End House was my favorite, I think, just because it was just, it was different. Like, it was a... I won't even get into it because it's not even something. Well, I mean, it's most, not part of the seg- this segment, I'll say. But <laughs> m- m- most people probably didn't watch it because it was on what was that? Sci-fi, Sci-fi channel. Sci-fi. Yeah. I know, so that was right? a big hurdle. Sci-fi yeah. channel is yeah. probably you know people it's don't really no. appreciate Sci-Fi Channel for anything other than um, not really anything actually for that matter. Well, I mean, what, Firefly what, is that what people like on that channel? That was that? a big one. But I mean, personally, when I think of uh, Sci-Fi, I think of the Sharknado movies. Oh, which well, I mean. That makes sense. Trash. Garbage. Uh, I'm sure if some you like those, I mean, those are good to watch. If you you know, shout out to Tara Reid and Ian Ziering. But, uh... Pretty sure she doesn't know. show a nipple in <laughs> that, though. So it, it, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, Tara Reid's a little bit past her prime. I don't think, uh... Uh, yeah. yeah. Her yeah. career ended a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, good Tara Reid talk here. Because uh, that's what you people want to hear. <laughs> that's what you guys want to hear. Tara Reid talk. I mean, what I, for. I know How did we end up on this Any subject? podcast I turned into, we're talking about Tara Reid. That's a, that's a bonus for me. I mean, we are in wow. New England, so yeah. Tom Brady used to date Tara Reid, so. Oh, God. I, I, that's that. a terrible thing to bring up. Right I, I tend to forget about those days. I mean, yeah, Tom Tom was slumming back then. That was uh, definitely. Tom? Tom. Tom. All right, Tom. this is not going to turn into a Patriots podcast. No, no, that's fine. Let's fine. keep it didn't, going. It didn't. It didn't. I know. Just a reference to who he's dated. That's fine. Bad choices. That's all well in his life. So anyway, Antlers. Short story is called The Quiet Boy, written by Nick Antosca, who is behind Channel Zero. Uh, It's available to read for free online. It's about a 20-minute read. Uh, I have put the story link in the show description if you want to check it out. I would highly recommend doing so, so you have a primer if you want to see this movie. Uh, Very interesting story, and I'm, I'm, I'm... intrigued to see how they adapt it. I mean, Guillermo del Toro, Nick Antosca, 
and the director is Scott Cooper, uh, who has directed some Oscar-winning movies. So some, you know, big firepower behind this. Uh, any other thoughts on the antlers? Looked good. I mean, I don't have much to say about it, but the trailer looked really good. I'll definitely go see it. It's got everything I look for in a horror movie. Good visuals. Just... I don't know. That's all I got. I'd say it actually reminded me when I watched it a lot of like what we're going to be talking about with Krampus because I feel like it's that kind of same weird monster movie that is kind of the same storyline if mm-hmm. you look at it just quickly. I mean, that's that's what I got out of it. But I, I think it looks pretty interesting. I mean, I'd see it. I mean, I love Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth goes down as one of my... One of my favorite all times, for sure. That's the type of movie, too. There's some scary shit in that movie, and it's not a, it's not a true horror movie, but it's kind of more of like a dark, oh, it's so dark fairy tale. Yeah. But it's awesome. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some creepy stuff in there. It's, I mean, some iconic visuals. Uh, I think that's probably my personal favorite. Though, I mean, who doesn't movie. want their eyeballs on their hands to, uh, like, spread out to other people and kind of put remember, in their uh, faces? Like, <laughs> uh, real monsters of crumb. Oh, yep. Oh, yep. yep. Or well, that, that was that was, crumb? That was uh, We it, did crumb in Ickus, Crum, and Oblina. Yeah. Crum uh, held his eyeballs. He Ick, did? Ickes, okay. Ickes was a little maroon guy that looked kind of like, uh, you know, he had like the high ears, and uh, uh, Olina was the... Oblina. Oblina. Oblina was the black and white one with the did big lips. Did she have like her eyes and Crum was bit. the one with the... He had the hands with the he eyeballs. He had the hands with the eyeballs. Yeah. 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 Crum he had and he had like the hair. stinky I was going to say, I was like, he did, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he had arm so hair. I remember that. That was gross. Yeah, real yeah. monsters. Uh, think of us. Uh, yeah. podcast. Oh my god. Without yeah. the armpit hair, it would be gross. That was awful. All right, and that brings <laughs> us into uh, our final trailer of the night, which is for The Outsider. Another one that I am super excited about, and another one uh, that because I'm a nerd, I've read the book or read the story. <laughs> Uh, although I think probably a few more people might have read this one as it, it, it's based on a best-selling novel by uh, the incomparable Stephen King. Uh, I put this book personally on second-tier King material. So first-tier being It, The Shining, The Stand, you know, books like that. And this kind of fall. it's good, it's not great, it falls just below this. Uh, it's a very interesting story. Uh, I feel like the trailer is very faithful to the book from what I've seen. And I know we just watched this together, you guys, recently. And kind of the description that I thought of was almost like a supernatural true detective. Even though true detective flirted with some su- supernatural ideas, but it never fully went there. This will fully go there, and that's kind of what it reminded me about a little bit. Andrew, what do you what did you think of it? Um, I completely agree with that. I thought immediately when I started watching the trailer was they got a really good cast for this movie. I mean, Jason Bateman is Jason Bateman, obviously. Oh, he's um, the best. The other Ozark, one was. Um, I mean, he's. The other he's one awesome. was uh, the main character, the looked like the detective of the show, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn, who is good in pretty much everything I've seen him in. Um, He's great. Nobody likes this movie, but he was in The Dark Knight Rises, but I liked his role oh, in that he, movie. He, he was great. He was very good in that movie. He was actually in The Place Beyond the Pines, which is really good. Um, you know, he was playing a character uh, that was actually in Batman the Animated Series in The Dark Knight Rises. I did not know that. I yep. That is a good uh, little tidbit there. Gets his neck snapped by Ben. Oh, what will break first, your mind or your body? Um, yeah, I mean, Ben Mendelsohn... 
Very good character actor. I don't know if he... Does he ever been, like, the main character in a movie? Other than maybe, like... <sighs> Not that I know of. He, he's yeah. definitely... I mean, he's definitely been in a lot of movies. He's been in a bunch of movies as a good character actor. He's very good so in those roles. He was the uh, he was the villain in Captain Marvel. That I know. He played Talos. So now uh, you're talking about... Yeah, which Marvel movies, which I have no interest in. <laughs> which, yep, hate. Bring on the hate. That's oh, fine. okay. So you know what else he was into? He was in uh, Bloodline on Netflix. Do you ever watch that show? I, I haven't seen uh, that. He show. was the brother, the the, the messed brother? up, the fucked up brother that was always. Oh, yeah, really? that's that's him. That's the oh, same guy from that. Wow. The one that you said looked like Anthony Bourdain. Oh, he was, no. oh that's him? Oh my yes, God. exactly. That's yeah. him. Anthony Bourdain lookalike. Oh, he's also oh, was in but, a really good movie with. Um, uh, Ryan Reynolds, I think it was, that I wanted to watch, and it's called Mississippi Grind, which I haven't watched yet, but it's got a lot of good reviews. Mm-hmm. And um, if you like Ben Mendelsohn, and you're into that sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know, interesting character actors, maybe you check Do you know out. Ben Mendelsohn? Australian. Oh, I think I saw him in one of that's some more of a British accent. So never mind. I'm going to stop that horrendous accent. Yeah, that's don't, okay. Don't, that's all right. Don't, don't bother. Uh, didn't know that until I saw him do an interview for a movie he was in recently. It might actually it might have been for Bloodline. Had no idea. But uh, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty funny because I feel like all the time uh, people can do good impressions and good accents for uh, Americans, but uh, Americans can they though? Yeah, I'd say for the most part. I mean, well, it, but the opposite, though, like, perfect example, mm-hmm. that Netflix show Safe that we watched with Michael C. Hall from yeah, Dexter. Yeah. The yeah. most distracting thing about that fucking show was Michael C. Hall doing a British accent. Yeah. Not that good. So, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's something in the water over there. They're a little bit better at doing our, uh, our voices than we are at doing theirs. Well, he was also in the 1990 drama movie known as uh, Quigley Down Under. Quigley. Which would make <laughs> sense, because that took place in... Australia. So. Okay. Great enough. Tom Selleck isn't from Australia, but. He's in it? He, Tom Selleck is the main, Tom Selleck is Quigley, I'm pretty sure. All right. Quigley, Quigley, whatever you want to call it. Well, there you go. So, rambling. All right. Well, so yeah. So, very excited about The Outsider, and that's actually coming to you very soon. Uh, That's launching within the first couple weeks of January on HBO. Um, Kat, I know you mentioned it. Jason Bateman's in it. Yeah. Awesome cast, Jason Bateman, Ben Mendelsohn, uh, a awesome. bunch of great character actors in there. Those guys that you know you always see, and you're like, oh my god, I know them from somewhere, but you can't quite uh, put your finger on it. Yeah. Very excited to see how this plays out. Uh, usually, when HBO puts something together, it's 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 of good quality. So I am very excited to see where this goes. Uh, any other thoughts on any of the trailers that we discussed, you guys? I'm looking forward to the Ghostbusters, and I'm looking forward to watching the new Ghostbusters movie and then watching all the old Ghostbusters movies before watching mm-hmm. the new Ghostbusters movies. Why is that? Because uh, I haven't seen any of them, I don't think. I mean, no, if I did, it was probably one. like... You've seen the first one. It was probably like a really long time, but... I mean, I think it'd be cool. It's like it's like watching Harry Potter, or like the Lord sure. of the Rings. You can watch the whole sure. thing through. Sure. Like you got to watch it through to see the new one. Which she threw Star in there. Wars, which she know, which, which she threw in there because I haven't seen any of the Harry Potter, Harry Potter <laughs> movies or the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, just, uh, just a caveat uh, for all your listeners worse. out there. I know that's kind of 
offensive. I'll get there someday, but hey, you know what? In 2019, there's so much shit out there to watch. You can't watch everything, folks. You That's... just you just can't do it. So it's been there for a while, though. Just saying. All right, and, and, so and yeah, you know, so is Ghostbusters. I, I, I just think. I just, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right, 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 right. That's fair. Fair, Ghostbusters fair. is such an iconic movie, and it's Dude, such so an... many iconic. Movies. Well, I mean, yeah, but Harry this... Potter and Lord of the Rings are pretty iconic movies. I mean, Ghostbusters is too in its own way. I'm not. You didn't saying see it's... like the newer Ghostbusters movies with all the mm, females in it. Did not I see did. that. No. no, not because no, I'm not a, you know an anti-feminist uh, or anything. I just had <laughs> no, no interest I just, in, honestly, in watching. Honestly, I never yeah. really got into it. I mean, I know the you know the big man with the marshmallows. The stay puffed. Stay puffed marshmallow. There you go. Man. Yeah, I, I know him. I've seen him before, yeah. and I know yeah, the jetpacks and whatever you know. I would say that I, I would argue that Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, and Batman probably are the three properties uh, growing up in the late '80s and early '90s that had the biggest influence on my, you know, my tastes at this point today. Batman the animated series, the original Ninja Turtles cartoon, and the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Those three things. There. Yeah, I mean, I have to think about mine on that. I mean, I'm sure Darkwing Duck would be somewhere in there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I love now Dark streaming Wing on Dark. Disney Plus. <laughs> hey, Disney, uh, if you're out there and you're listening, you want to give us a sponsor? I'll take a couple billion dollars. You know, Bob Iger. Woo-woo. All right, cool. That's it for trailers, you guys. All right, so that brings us to today's topic, uh, which of course is Krampus. Krampus. So, uh, if you have read the episode description, you know that we're covering Krampus today. Anyway, uh, uh, but. If you don't know who Krampus is, just to give you a little bit of background on the subject. Uh, so Krampus been around in European folklore for many, many, many years. Some would say centuries. Uh, yeah, like a lot of time. Uh, yeah, like a lot, like a lot of time. Like, like a lot, <laughs> the most lot of time you could possibly think they of. They call it an ancient folklore, so I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean... <laughs> Cat out there with uh, yeah. the gems right now. But I feel like Krampus has kind of become more popular, uh, you know, from a from an American pop culture standpoint over the last you know few years, and and I think that this movie that we're going to cover today was a huge part of that. Uh, you know, I think that that definitely kind of brought a lot of aspects of the legend, the story, uh, into focus in American pop culture. But for me. The first time I came across Krampus uh, was back in 2011. There was a uh, short movie uploaded to YouTube by 0.0 Productions, which if you don't know who they are, 0.0 is Anthony Bourdain's production company, uh, the late Anthony Bourdain. R.I.P.? R.I.P. Anthony Bourdain. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, if you don't know who he is, he was the host of No Reservations on the Travel Channel for many years. He was the host of Parts Unknown on CNN for many years. No Reservations. Yeah, No Reservations. Uh, we actually met Anthony Bourdain a few years back. That's correct. He had VIPs at Symphony Hall for his lecture. Yep, Bourdain. He met It was amazing. Yeah, Bourdain spoke at uh, Boston Symphony Hall. We had VIP tickets. We had a meet and greet after the show. He signed uh, three books that I brought with me. Uh, huge fan, obviously. But unfortunately, Bourdain uh, took his own life. But that's beside the point. Uh, Anthony Bourdain uploaded a stop-motion claymation almost uh, animated short with Krampus back in 2011 which was the first that I had heard of anything about this 
where it's essentially about two little Austrian kids that get visited by Krampus upon request from Santa Claus. Uh, Santa meets up with Krampus at the beginning of it. They're talking about meeting up at Zibiagaden for a couple of couple of pints. And, uh, you know, then Krampus essentially goes into these kids' houses, uh, beats the shit out of them, right. stuffs them in his bag. Well, it's like a two-minute show. Let, and, people, uh, let people Google it and watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Check Martin. it out. Check it out. Nothing they didn't deserve. Yeah, I mean, it's hilarious. Might be stealing Nestle's crackle bars. Or, right? Uh, no. Uh, what do they say? Crunch bars. You, sco- you stole a crunch bar. Which yeah. one so of you stole a Nestle crunch bar from the local, the local candy store? <laughs> So, yeah, that's where it first came into my attention. Uh, And then, you know, obviously the movie came out. But uh, from a local level, because we are a Plymouth podcast, uh, our friends over at Inebriart uh, a couple weeks ago had hosted a Krampus bar crawl in Plymouth Center, where if you had gone to the BBC with some... uh, It was a scavenger hunt. It was more of a scavenger hunt. More of a scavenger hunt uh, type thing. But if you brought some canned goods in uh, into the BBC, non-perishables... Uh, you can get your pictures taken with Krampus upstairs, uh, and then basically they give you a list to complete the scavenger hunt, go around, do some random things. Uh, now, what happened if you didn't bring in any canned goods to Krampus? Krampus, 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 probably Krampus decided to dismember Krampus and eat you. Krampus your ass, and that yeah. was yeah, yeah, exactly. you. So. Yeah, it's so bring non-perishable food items, because, I mean, Unfortunately for us, we had just missed Krampus. We walked in with some uh, non-perishables, and he was gone for the night. He apparently went on to another uh, town to go kill and eat children. Uh, I heard his costume was just really hot. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, it, look, it looked really cool. Uh, so we missed him. Better luck next year. Hopefully our friends at Inebriart make that a uh, consistent tradition and something that uh, happens every year because it's a really cool idea. I'd love to sit with Krampus and tell him all I would I, too. I would too. And I mean, what wanna, I want for you, Christmas. <laughs> you want to sit on his lap? Yeah, yeah sure. sure. So what he's got not? for hooves? Yeah, yeah. hooves. Yeah. I mean, the day. you know, <laughs> I mean, for me, <laughs> this is obviously a horror podcast, and as a huge <laughs> horror fan, I always try to find scary aspects of whatever season we're in. I think that that's kind of the coolest part sometimes, because even though as much as I wish it could always be Halloween, it can't be. So the idea of a I horned, mean, with you guys, it's always Halloween. Uh, so. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the idea of a horned demon that uh, dismembers and eats children and then stuffs him in his sack almost as the as the movie calls it, the shadow of Santa Claus, I was kind of immediately drawn to this. Sounds like my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Just the shadow of Walter. Yeah. I mean, if there was someone out there that was eating children, I would definitely give him my vote <laughs> to continue that. Uh, all right. Well, so yeah, that's that's where Krampus kind of came into, uh, you know, into my life and where I, where I first kind of heard of him. And then this movie came out. Uh, this movie, I think it's great. We'll get into a little bit more discussion about uh, our impressions, the plot, uh, you know, some what-ifs about the movie. But uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, let me just give you a quick synopsis of what Krampus is about, okay? So while the holiday season represents the most magical time of year, ancient European folklore warns of Krampus, a horned beast who punishes naughty children at Christmas time. When dysfunctional family squabbling causes young Max Engel to lose his festive spirit, it unleashes the wrath of the fearsome demon on their house. As Krampus laid siege to the Engel home, the entire family must band together to save one another from a monstrous fate. 
this movie stars. Sum this up a little bit more. I mean, I feel like that was a pretty, pretty, you know, short description. Uh, shortened, if you will. Well, for those people with short attention spans, such as uh, Otis and Cat, and uh, me. like how I listen, listen <laughs> the dog first before you. Mm, yeah. no, no one, no offense, but just saying. It's alright. It's fair. Your attention span is minimal. It is. Yes, True. that's that's correct. That's, that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> no, that's correct. Hopefully, our viewers aren't that way. <laughs> this movie stars M.J. Anthony as Max Engel. Adam Scott from Parks and Rec fame as Tom, the father. Tony Collette, uh, who is a fantastic actress in many horror movies, including last year's Hereditary, The Tony Sixth Sense. The... It's a female. Tony, the mom. The mom, not the dad. <laughs> you thought earlier that Tony, Tony was an eye. Tony is a woman. Correct. Okay. Yes. Right, Correct. That's fine. So she plays Sarah, who is also a woman. I didn't really that. Uh, David Koechner as Howard, who is the cousin Eddie from, uh, you know, uh, vacation uh, character. Then we have Allison Tolman, who you may recognize from season one of the Fargo TV show. She plays Linda. Tony Collette's sister. Then we have Conchata? Con- Concata? Conchata? Conchata? Sure Feral? Is that a uh, Brazilian drink? Conchata? Uh, that's rumchata. 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 <laughs> rumchata con roll. Well, I would like to no. drink a little bit of that conchata. Uh, uh, have you what? seen conchata ferro? I have. <laughs> I would <laughs> not like to drink anything that comes anywhere near uh, conchata ferro. Shout out to conchata ferro. Yeah. Nothing wrong with hey, you. You're awesome. Yeah, uh, so she is Berta from Two and a Half Men. That's all you need to know. She plays Aunt Dorothy. More on her later. And then we have Krista Stadler. Krista Stadler as Omi. Yeah, she sucks. The grandma. The mm. grandma. More on her later as well. Mm. This movie was directed by Michael Doherty, who also directed uh, these two movies, Trick or Treat, which is phenomenal. Uh, I know you've seen Trick or Treat, Catherine. Andrew, yeah. have you seen Trick or Treat? I have not. A, after watching this movie, I definitely need to. So yeah. I know as someone that's involved with the horror podcast, shame on me. But um, yeah, shame on you, shame on you, Andrew. It's just like, it's life. Yeah, no, I haven't seen. I don't it have in time for years. everything. It's, so. uh, it's definitely an exactly. obscure movie. You, you can't that see you everything. And when I saw his name, I was thinking Daughtry, and I immediately thought of the country music star. So it's I was like, not I don't want to do with this person. But. Wasn't he on? He was on American Idol. Yeah, Daughtry was on American Idol. What? Daughtry was on American Idol. Even more reason for me not to watch any of this. Like some movies. of the songs, but that's all right. Okay. Well, so we, we've had Daughtry uh, and uh, Our Real Monsters talk on this podcast great. so far. Fantastic. 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 Trick or Treat's an awesome movie. It's a uh, it's a horror anthology movie based around Halloween. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's great. Uh, Darty also directed Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which came out this year. I have not had a chance to see that yet. I don't think you guys have either. I haven't seen that one. I saw yeah. the other one. Mm-hmm. The one with Brian Cranston? Yes, which was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard mixed reviews, to be polite, about this one. Yeah. But then again, you can't go based off of reviews. If you went based off of reviews, um, people probably wouldn't listen to us. Oh. Yeah. So, well, I mean, hey, hey, we don't have any reviews yet, so I hope that you guys will review this podcast very well. I mean, uh, you know, we are three uh, very... Intelligent, very fun individual. Anybody could have the three best friends that anybody could have. Yeah, all right, let's not talk about I wouldn't go that far. Mm, Okay, well, you know, (laughs) uh, debatable, debatable. Yeah, so Trick or Treat and Godzilla King of the Monsters, both directed by Michael Doherty. Check them out if you can. Uh, This movie is 67% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. 
is fresh. Our podcast, no, our podcast is stale on, on the rotten tomatoes. Oh, we're talking about that. Stale? Uh, no, 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 no. Sixty-seven percent fresh. The movie. Uh, so it's a if I you go to if you go to the said. website, no, the movie Krampus. that we're reviewing. Yes, yeah, not yeah. us. <laughs> yes, yeah. just making sure. If you go to the Krampus yeah, yeah. Rotten right. Tomatoes page, there is a full tomato. It's not rotten or destroyed. That's nice. Yep. Uh, which I don't like tomatoes though. So the critics like this movie. Very interesting to me. Do you like ketchup? Uh, I do. But, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about ketchup. So you, I feel like ketchup like, sure, that you put it on top of stuff. Well, that's a stupid I don't comment. get into this. I if you know, don't like I'm ketchup, sorry. then you well, don't even deserve to be alive. So fun, fun fact, uh, Kat does not like one of the three essential components in a pizza. Yeah. Great. Tomato sauce? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You that's sound like great. an un-American. Wow. Why don't you go that's... hang out with Russia for Wow. 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 Um, I have no words. I have no words. Comrade Catherine. I feel exiled and you abandoned. Because you don't like pizza. Or ketchup. I do like pizza. You basically just said you didn't like ketchup. No, I like pizza. Pe- no, I like ketchup just fine. That, uh, no. Uh, I will say tomato sauce gives me really bad heartburn. Same with... Same with red sauce. Does that mean it's not good? Just because you um, don't like, uh, It's not worth it. It's not worth the heartburn later. For you, as a person, the so there's nothing wrong with tomato sauce. No, 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 no. Just... This is going to a place... Leave it alone! Where I don't leave, leave it alone! Leave I don't want to offend anybody because if someone doesn't like tomato <laughs> sauce and I say... Well, if you don't like tomato sauce, then you're a piece of shit. Yeah, right. yeah, well, yeah. You, you actually know what? kind I'm of are. I'm a piece of shit. So, yep. mm-hmm. just saying. Hopefully, yeah. we don't get canceled uh, because of our tomato yeah. sauce and ketchup takes. Uh, Heinz. Uh, yes, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Heinz indeed. Or Heinz. Um, Heinz like ketchup you know, or get the fuck out. Or Heinz is kind of on the lower end of. I mean, I feel like if you're a I restaurant said, and you're not paying the extra, what, couple cents per bottle to If you have Hunt's Heinz ketchup, ketchup in your restaurant, yeah, then I'm not off. eating yeah, there. No, no, that? no interest. Okay, well, that, like, that's just not fair. Red Lobster? Uh, sure, sure is fair. Dude, what about people who don't even have packs of ketchup? Uh, what are you going to uh, okay. If you don't have are packets you a restaurant? of ketchup? <laughs> <You're not> ketchup? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, do you not have salt shakers on the table? Maybe not, They probably don't have A lot of people don't have salt and pepper shakers on the table because they believe they've season their food correctly that you don't need salt and pepper shakers. What, so where, where is this? Lots of places now do that. You where? haven't seen that? Ma- can I, I have also downtown. I've heard of these places. Yes, they're like yeah. they trust their chef. They say you don't need a salt and pepper shaker. They've seasoned their food accordingly. Do and they you account do for people need... that smoke cigarettes? Well, uh, no. <laughs> I smoke cigarettes and I need all the salt. And you need giving. way more flavor. Which, which is why I like ketchup because it's full of salt. It's hey. not full salt. It's full sugar. I'm a fan of salt. Fuck those places that don't have salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> You're also and tell a me fan how to season I my like food. Salt. You I love prime rib with au jus. Au jus is salt water with beef. Soy sauce is my favorite yeah. thing. I mean, that is salt and salt and salt and salt yeah, and salt. It's a lot of sodium. Salted baby. A lot of sodium uh, product. Good salt talk here on uh, <laughs> America's Hometown Horror Podcast. Don't be salty. <laughs> so no one likes a salty bitch. While this movie is fresh. A fresh, non-salted tomato <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the audience score is at fifty-one percent. So a lot of people did not like this movie. Uh, that you know, don't write for a newspaper or an online article, uh, which I, I found to be interesting because I'm a big fan of this movie, which we'll get into. Uh, this movie debuted at number two at the box office with sixteen million dollars, which uh, for when it debuted, which was the first full weekend. In December, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, finished behind 
Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2, which was in its third week. Movie smells. Yeah. I mean, those movies are okay, I guess. I guess. Uh, finished ahead of Pixar's The Good Dinosaur and Creed, the uh, the Rocky movie, the new the new Rocky movie with Michael B. Jordan, which I was kind of surprised by. Uh, so this movie did when pretty... When did he come out of retirement? Uh... Whenever he decided he wanted to coach Michael B. Jordan, apparently, or when his paychecks ran out. <laughs> Couple quick pieces of trivia about this movie. Uh, it was originally supposed to come out Thanksgiving of 2015. Uh, it was pushed back to November 4th, uh, excuse me, December 4th of 2015 to coincide with Krampusnot, which is a traditional Austrian festival held on December 5th. That celebrates the cramp uh, celebrates Krampus coming to punish naughty children. That accent was so on point. Oh, I know. It's, Can you, you know. do it one more time? Krampusnot. Oh, it's a Krampusnot. Krampusnot. Um, yeah, Bring out your children yes, for the Krampusnot. If you're not well, careful, the Krampus come to snot on your face. <laughs> Okay. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh my god. To who? Germans? I, mean, I don't give a fuck. Is, 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 well, it's a, is Krampus, it's a different folklore. They say the same thing. Is Krampus, they're also all white people. Is so Krampus schnotting on people's faces potentially offensive? Schnot on your face. We don't even know what that means. That's okay. Well, I think he did a lot more I think they have worse of that things than schnotting on people's faces. Like yeah. putting them in bags and, 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 we'll, and we'll, slapping their asses with we'll, we'll, twigs. We'll, but, I mean, we'll get to that we'll okay. get to that fair, fair, a glazed donut fair, fair. so uh the final cre- uh, the final design of the creature uh in this movie the krampus creature was inspired by various postcards and artwork from tra- traditional austrian folklore over the years uh so they actually did do a good job of recreating what krampus traditionally looks like in austrian folklore the movie was not green lit until michael darty agreed to a pg-13 rating which i thought was interesting uh I'm not normally a fan of PG-13 horror because I feel like it kind of limits on some of the things that you can that you can do and, and see. Uh, but the studios, their thinking for this was, you know, because of past controversy surrounding Christmas horror type movies like uh, Black Christmas from 1974 and Silent Night, Deadly Night from 1984. Uh, so they decided that they wanted this movie to be released in uh, PG-13. My guess would be to try and make some more money from some younger viewers uh, that weren't going with parents. Well, clearly. Yeah, for sure. It's for all sure. about money in that point. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about Trick or Treat before, uh, which is fantastic. Michael Doherty has noted in interviews that Krampus and Trick or Treat both take place in a shared universe. Uh, there's actually a deleted scene on the DVD where Max, who is the uh, the main character, the kid in, in this movie, uh, he offers both of his cousins candy from his private stash, which is kept in like a cigar box. Uh, the main character, or the, 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 you know, the I guess the icon from Trick or Treat is Sam, who is, you know, a little, uh, a little representation of Halloween. Uh, he has a lollipop that he carries with him for the entire movie. So in that box, you can see Sam's lollipop along with a bunch of other candy that's given out to trick-or-treaters throughout the movie. Uh, Krampus and Sam do tend to have similar tactics of attack also, which I found to be interesting. Sam, in one of the segments of trick-or-treat, sets up a huge collection of terrifying jack-o'-lanterns on the front lawn of the old bus driver. Krampus, in the movie, sets up a collection of snowmen on the front lawn of the family. 
Sam decides to assault and kill those who do not keep the tradition of Samhain, which is the Celtic holiday of Halloween. You're getting really yeah. Into I know. This, I was dude. um. Like, I, I was just wondering I think when I was watching really the movie and I saw up. all the snowmen. I was like, "Where's Michael Keaton? He's not there." Just saying. Can we even talk about Krampus? Why are we talking about Krampus? Well, Krampus does like, let's, let's Krampus move does on. I was also wondering in uh, like when we were gonna see Max's lollipop. What? Yeah. Sam. <laughs> Sam's lollipop. <laughs> so as my co-hosts make fun of me. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, Sam's lollipop was a big I mean, was a big point of uh, contention sure. for this Sam's movie. Sam's lollipop. Two was... more things that I'm sure you guys will find interesting. Dude, I don't know if I'm gonna find it. Can, can we just talk about Krampus? Okay. We're getting there. Well, we are we are it's talking so... about Krampus. All right. Why don't you refresh your beverage right, over you. there? Yes. And... Zip it for a minute. It's just so much about... Zip it I, for I just want to talk about Krampus. Go! We are throughout, talking about Krampus. Throughout the movie, various famous ho- houses from classic horror movies are represented in this movie through and through. Uh, in an overview shot of the house, their neighbors have the house from the Amityville Horror. I added this in after the fact. I don't so have this on my notes. On your sheet. I was going to say, so, this is, uh, there's, there's, there's a shot at the beginning of the movie where they show uh, like a, either a helicopter or like a drone shot. And the house to the uh, to the left of the Engels house is the house from Amityville Horror, which is a very distinct looking house. You can see it. Also, uh, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, there's something to do with snow globes. We'll get to that. In one of the snow globes is the Bates Motel. Ah. Placed in there purposefully. Very Obviously. nice. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Last nice little fact. Easter egg. Nice little Easter egg for all the fans out there. It is Christmas, though. It's it is Christmas. It is Christmas. So it's a present? It's Last fact. Easter egg. The gingerbread men, uh, who are monsters in this movie, voiced by Seth Green from the Austin Powers movies and Family Guy, and Justin Roiland, who is the co-creator of Rick and Morty and does the voices on that show. Pretty cool stuff. Interesting. Pretty cool stuff. So... With that being said, time to kind of... If you hear a goose, that's just my chair. I don't know why it sounds like that. I didn't do anything. Yeah. It may not even show up on the sound, but... It is going to show up so. on the sound. I'm just sitting Keep going. <laughs> Now's the time we're, we're about to talk about the plot of this movie. So if you have not seen Krampus, uh, A, Thanks for listening, even though you haven't seen it. And B, stop what you're doing right now. Go watch it, because we're about to spoil the fuck out of it. And then come back. We'll it's only still, like five years yeah, old. Yeah, we'll so. still be here. It came out five years ago, so if you haven't seen it at this point, I don't really know what to tell you. Too fucking bad. Yeah, exactly. So, I will say, I know my impression, and Kat, I know yours too. We've seen this movie numerous times. Andrew, I know you're a new viewer of this movie. What were your overall impressions of this? Solid movie. Very solid. Um, I thought it was, when it comes to Christmas movies, um, it was perfect. Like, it's a family-friendly movie. Don't let anybody scare you off by the fact that it's a horror movie, because it's... Do you honestly think it's a family-friendly I do. Movie? I, th- I give it a rating of a, a family two. Of like- I think it's scary on a level of 1 to 10. Put it at a 2. It's not scary. It's not horrifying. There's no gore. I mean, depends on what you're definition of gore is, but it's no more scary than Home Alone. I mean, a, a giant thing eating a person and seeing its So, feet, uh, that's unrealistic. Maybe. To me, I mean, Home Alone's more scary more gory than Home because Alone, it's a child left at home, right. no family members, and then he has two criminals. Okay. Granted, it's 
David Stern or Daniel Stern, whatever the fuck is David Stern. <laughs> David Stern, the uh, NBA. Yeah, fucking. David Stern, the NBA commissioner versus <laughs> yes. Daniel well, Stern, the wet band. Well, you got either, you know, what do you say out of more? Realistic. You got Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci robbing your house where you have no one there to help you except for the scary old guy with a shovel that probably bashed <laughs> in a couple people's heads along oh. the way. Or um, Krampus, who doesn't exist. Well, to be fair, you don't know if Krampus really exists or not. I mean, he's a fictional character, but in the same sense, he's like... Just, he's just, he exists as much as Santa Claus exists. Yes, Home Alone is scarier in a real sense, which I totally understand, because that's my scariest thing. Is no, that something, saying, that's, something that's real is scarier to me than so, monsters. This has nothing like, to do I'm with Home Alone. I'm not saying person. Home Alone is a scary movie. I'm just saying that, to me, Krampus isn't a scary movie. Is it a great movie? Is it a fun movie? Is it a good Christmas family movie? Yes, it's solid. It's better than watching ugh, all those Christmas movies that come out every year and you watch the same dumb shit over and over and over again. You, you mean it's you a don't, nice you, you spice of the life. You know, it changes it up. You don't want to see that new Christmas movie where they cover the George Michael song with uh, Daenerys Targaryen and uh, whoever that other dude is. So they're singing that song. You don't want to see well, that? George Michael... Awesome. Mm-hmm. So no problem with that. Daenerys Targaryen. She's hot. So no problem with that either. But so maybe I would want to see that over. I think where I was Krampus. going there. Was, I don't know where you're going with that, but no, no. Where, that, where I was going was <laughs> this is kind of the antidote to those sappy. Yes, Christmas exactly. Movies, it's those. Right? There's nothing wrong with those movies. I love those movies. I love Christmas movies. You know, Love Actually, you get all those Christmas movies that you watch every mm-hmm. year, year in and year out. But if you want to shake things up and you want to watch something a little bit different that's good for the whole family, it's a family movie. To me, that is, there's nothing about this movie. It's 2019. There's nothing these kids haven't seen on the internet that they're going to see in this movie. I like that these kids in this movie are finally getting that kind of guilt that we had when we were kids about like if you are not good you don't get anything and then like they take it away in a sense of like if you're terrible you get Krampus and you as you (laughs) you either get your whole family killed and you live or maybe you don't live and that's like a pretty extreme setting. I feel, like, like, I feel like if I knew about Krampus when I was younger, when you were younger, you'd be I, I would have been so much more well behaved than I. But you'd be was. way more well behaved than the Elf on the Shelf or the you know. I, Fuck the, the other, Elf on the Shelf. Like, <laughs> give me Krampus. Whoever else is on the watching you at any other point in time, every day, all day. But I feel like you know, like putting some sort of fear into your kids is necessary because. Otherwise, they're just like, oh, I'm good. I'm in your presence. And it's like, well, no. If I mean, if you're kind of okay, like, that's fine, too. But, like, you're supposed to be good because if you're bad, Krampus... I mean, it's it's an interesting message that, like, they sent to a lot of... It's a Catholic message, it, uh, It's kind of a pretty hard Catholic message. Which yeah. is good. That's what Good old should, Catholic should, guilt coming <laughs> in to make you feel bad about everything. You should be fearful of being a bad terrible. child. Yes, you should, you should feel guilty if you've been bad. I mean, yeah, and suck. Krampus no just totally is... He embodies the whole idea of being bad and paying for the consequences of whatever you did. Like, that's He's a Krampus. walking... Talking, scraping, personification of Catholic guilt in Christmas and he form. Licks He's Satan, too. and he licks. He's a licking. He licks 
He licks, he jumps from roof to roof, which more on that later. <laughs> but obviously, you know, symbolism aside, what do you think of this movie? I mean, overall, it's awesome because it's a different type of Christmas movie that is refreshing around Christmas season because you, I feel like you have the fall and it's horror movie season and the holidays come and all that disappears and it's kind of nice to have some sort of horror-themed movie around the holidays that's relatable in a sense Mm -hmm. that you're not in the whole Halloween spirit anymore, but in the same sense, it's still there and some sort of folklore Mm -hmm. that I really appreciate. Um, And I think that it's refreshing to have some sort of actual story behind Krampus versus just having some made-up thing. It's actually ancient legend or folklore. Well, there's a story behind Santa Claus. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, there is, yes. (laughs) I'm Um, just saying. Obviously, there's probably a lot of stories about Santa Claus, just saying, from a lot of outlets. But Krampus, Krampus, like the original Krampus story, it's it's kind of cool. I kind of like, I dig, I dig the whole idea of Krampus. I think it's a cool idea. There were aspects of this movie that reminded me about several classic Christmas movies. Christmas Vacation, you can see that in there. Gremlins, fuck you, it's a Christmas movie. Sure, goddamn is. Oh, love is. Gremlins. Just I don't like think Die Hard is. Ever disagreed with you on that? I feel like there so are people that are. Really need to get the same, pasta, same, same people that maybe think that Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. That's a Christmas movie. Die Hard's one of the top <clears throat> three Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're not talking about like the Santa Claus with uh, Tim Allen here or anything like that. But it, uh, it's you yeah. know, yeah. Because that would be a Christmas movie. <laughs> so yeah, I also. Really enjoy this movie. Uh, it's kind of become one of my yearly rotations around Christmas time. I think that it, uh, you know, I've mentioned it before, but it embodies that scary season, not around Halloween, but around a different time of the year, which is great. So yeah, I, I, I love this movie. This is something that I'm going to watch every Christmas or every December every year. So, Andrew, what's your favorite scene in this movie? Uh, it's got to be the opening scene. Hmm. It embodies everything that Christmas has become mm-hmm. and why Krampus is necessary. The opening scene is essentially, to me, that's Black Friday, right after Thanksgiving. Yep. Bunch of assholes trampling over each other to get a $10 discount on a TV or whatever the fuck they're trying to buy. So, to me, that's what Christmas is. And, yes, maybe I'm a Scrooge and I hate Christmas. But, yeah, that scene set the stage for the entire reason for that movie. Kat, what's your favorite scene in this movie? Um, you know what? The, the one scene that really sticks out with me with this movie is when... That hook comes down from the chimney because I feel like the grandma really emphasizes that the fire needs to burn the entire time and that we really need to keep the fire hot and whatever. And she doesn't really explain why to the whole family. And the one dark scene that really happens that you feel like starts 
imposing on the family is when you see this hook just like lowered into the chimney and it just sits there for a little bit and it jingles and that like little jingle bit you're just sitting there and you're like ooh like what's gonna happen next and that's kind of the scene that I feel like initiates the whole aura of the rest of the movie is just that one little scene that really gets into the rest of the story. What's interesting that you say that, though, is that the one person that mentioned the importance of keeping that fire hot fell asleep. Right. Motherfucker, you're like 90 years old. Well, what else you've got to do except for keep the fucking fire hot? To further You know this. the Krampus is coming through that you've seen him before. And, uh, yeah, and, 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 and she knows. Happen. She you knows Krampus that is coming. Happen. The only way he's getting into that house is by way of the fireplace. That, that might and be he, an unforgivable mistake yeah. by Omi. You should. Yeah, Omi. Come Omi. on, dog. Omi, coming like, up short. Well, to further you know, that. Choking in um, uh, playoff time. I think there's another question that comes up later on in this podcast that says which actor would you replace let's not bring up questions we that we don't know about um, um, i know this question i know it's coming up it's all right it's okay we're gonna introduce it really quick um which actor would you replace if you could in this entire movie and i think it's probably gonna be the grandma with the yeah, grandma from beer fest i think she's way more Fun. You're not a fan of Omi. You're definitely no, not a fan not. of Omi. No, I'm not a fan because I mean, honestly, like she's just uh, she's so old school, and she's like, oh my god, so this is Krampus, and this is what happened. What do and, you like, know I about had Krampus, a terrible, though? terrible life because of him. And it's like, well, that's terrible, and that sucks. But like, I but feel you're like old. I don't know. Sounds I like a bunch like of I white could... privilege to me. White privilege? You don't know Dude, what her life was like. You're just talking that. about shit that you don't know Dude, about. Dude, I'm not even saying that. <laughs> you just said that. My life, blah, blah, blah. You don't uh, know that. Dude. You're complaining about someone that you weren't in their shoes. Well, of course I wasn't in her shoes. So shut up. I mean... Well, Krampus isn't a real person. Isn't, isn't the point of this podcast to either, you know, pontificate about or complain Pontificate. About but you're jumping way too far ahead. Stop it. You let those happen naturally. Sorry, fine. Can't right. you start talking about questions that no one knows about? I just but said, it's, hey, it's funny. It's funny you say that. Desk. It's funny you say that because Max, the kid, and Omi are clearly supposed to be like the emotional center point of this movie, right? Like the the story is centered around Max and his belief in Santa Claus. Uh, you know, everyone around him is pretty much telling him, like, hey, you're a fucking idiot for believing in Santa Claus. The only one that actually, you know, respects what he believes in is his grandmother, is Omi. And they kind of talk about this throughout the entire movie. I mean, I feel like a, a major plot point is when he, you know, writes that letter to Santa Claus that kind of gets uh, read by his uh, two asshole cousins at the dinner table uh, within the first, you know, 20 or 30 minutes of the movie. And, you know, it's kind of sad because I feel like that's kind of indicative of where we are now. I mean, do, do you think it's possible that in 2019, where we are today, that kids that are, you know, seven or eight years old and still believe in Santa Claus? Do you, do you think that that's actually a thing or no? Oh, no, it totally is. I think that, I mean... The internet kind of ruins that, right? It does. It does and it doesn't. I feel like... <sighs> It's, it's from family to family how much you give your child, like, 
you know, access to the internet and your phones, which is hard. I, I, you know, I'm not a parent, so I can't really talk. I don't really know how it is to have a kid and give them or not give them technology. So I don't really know essentially how that whole thing works. Like, I don't know necessarily now when you introduce technology to kids, but I feel like it's always at their fingertips, even since they're at a young age. So I, it's hard for them not to have access to that kind of stuff. I would think in 2019, kids are a a Google search away from finding out that Santa Claus isn't real, which Um, is kind of sad. Well, and and that's sad that they would even like Google that. I mean... I would. I I, I know, but like in the same sense, like you hope they wouldn't. And you, I I mean, I think you try and protect that as a parent as best you can. Mm-hmm. But like you know, even when I was, I think my mom told me when I was in like second grade, and like I came home and I said some girl from school said there was no Santa Claus or whatever, and I was like, mm-hmm. well, we're a Santa believing household, and if you want to live here, then you're gonna be a Santa believing person. I've and heard, I was like, I've heard right, your mom yep, tell that story great. numerous times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So what's yeah. the difference between that and Googling does God exist? Well, just the fact that, like, I mean, it depends yes, on isn't. how much... There is no difference. If you believe, you believe. If you don't, you don't. So exactly. you just have to be willing I, to accept the fact that not everyone is going to believe what you believe. I agree. So I think it has to be I the... think Santa embodies yeah. God. Just the way this movie embodies religion. Right. Max is Jesus. What? He gave himself... Just like Jesus did at the end of the movie. Max? Max. Wow. Gave himself, just like Jesus gave himself to be the only begotten. I'm going to give myself to save the rest of the world, essentially to save his family. It was the same thing. Santa is God, and it doesn't make any sense, but you know what I'm saying? Seeing what you're saying, like, I get it. No, I get it. Belief in Santa is just as crazy as believing in God to some people. You either sure. believe or you don't believe. So I think this movie embodies that, and it embodies the fact that Max gave himself for his family the way Jesus gave himself for the world, and because he did, they got a second chance. I don't feel like I ever looked at it like that, but I can I can understand where you're coming from, for sure. Andrew, is this movie scary? No. Is this movie scary, Catherine? Um, well, I have a little bit of fear of the snow, and, um... Fear of snow? Yeah, a little bit. So I what think. are you, seven? Uh, <laughs> no, no, so no. We have a seven-year-old in this podcast um, drinking Red Bull vodka, <laughs> No, but I think, um... When white stuff falls from the sky, I, I, just, I quiver. I just get nervous, so I just get kind of nervous, so, like, I... Things, real things scare me, so, like... Snow, like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and like Hurricanes. home burglars, those like things. Yeah, that's scare real. Me. That's yes. a real thing to be so, scared. So like, of. it's so funny because like certain people have monsters that scare them. Certain people have ghosts that scare them. Paranormal you know, things. Like, no, yes. <laughs> so like real things, like weather, like people, they scare me. Like so, if so there's you know, Krampus. All of a sudden, you're outside and there's a blizzard and you can't get anywhere and you're like, shit, what do I do? Like I, I'd be I will like, say. I don't know. Like, that doesn't make any it's, sense. It's, you it's, said it's real so things nervous. scare you. That you're scared of a hoofed creature that walks. Okay, the all right, all right. I didn't. Well, you know what? You never know who's outside your house. Maybe Krampus lives outside. Krampus might back. be upstairs right Maybe now. Maybe Krampus outside. lives in I the think backyard. You never know. Your Maybe dog. no, 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 no. I will say. I can hear him wherever he is. I, I will say that this movie definitely projects that the scariest part might be being trapped in your house with no power. 
uh, no food. Terrifying. With, uh, yeah. with your <laughs> with your right wing cousins, because God forbid you have anybody in your family that's uh, you know conservative. But I, I, you know, for me, this is not a scary movie. This is clearly meant to be more of a more of a horror comedy. That's a dark uh, comedy in yes. the vein of Gremlins. But there are some creepy parts, right? I mean. The, the, the monsters, creatures are scary. The, monsters the creatures are, 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 are oh, the creatures scary. are fantastic. Really awesome in an awesome everything, way. Everything, yeah. everything. I mean, I think the Krampus creature design is awesome. His minions are awesome. The Jack in the Box is awesome. The angel or the cherub or whatever they choose Preta? to call him in the movie. Preta. 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 I think it's oh, Preta. Is that, I, I don't may know. want to look it up. Very there. scary. Winged idiot. Uh, the, the gingerbread men are awesome, but they're not particularly scary. Uh, but I mean, I just feel like the the concept of all of your Christmas toys attacking you is a pretty cool concept. So I thought that was, you know, the scariest part of that movie is life not turning out the way you think it's going to be. Wow, profound commentary. Let's get real. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. or the concept that you know, your uh, Adam Scott says it best in the movie. He walks into his son's bedroom, and his son says. Why do we have to pretend to like these people just because we share DNA? Good Adam, question. Adam Scott says, because that's what a family is. And that is essentially what a family is. Sometimes pretending to care about people because you share DNA. Shout out to my family who I love very dearly. All of them. <laughs> I think that the first scene where Krampus shows up is pretty creepy. When the daughter goes out to visit her boyfriend, who you never actually see on screen... Oh, the neighborhood. Yeah. Just being... And he when he's jumping from ridden. roof to roof... is oh, perfect. It's, it's a great... Creepy. It's not terrifying. It's just visually phenomenal. It's Intriguing. a great yeah. way to do you're, it. You're watching mm-hmm. it, and you're like, wow. Like, where is he going? Like I yeah. said before, yeah. a 12-year-old would be terrified by that. Yeah, make no mistake. This is this is a monster movie. It's a creature feature. It's a children's movie. It's... Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't children's think I movie. don't know about that either, but... I, 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 more on this later... I do think a this... A children's movie? You wouldn't, like, send a child to go see this. Sure I would. I took my eight-year-old needs to see Sinister. I guess if you want to scare the shit well, out of your children, I you mean... could take them to go see it. <laughs> if you can't handle this, then you can't handle... You can't handle the truth. You can't... Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is, this is a pretty tame movie. This is it's not tame. like, you know, That's Seven There's or no blood. Saw Where's or the anything blood? like that. I guess, in retrospect, it would probably be good to send younger kids to this movie. So that they yeah. would understand It's a family Krampus. movie. It's a family and... horror movie. <laughs> the snowplow scene where Adam Scott and David Koechner walk up to the abandoned snowplow and they realize that the driver of the snowplow was attacked by something and Adam Scott comes to the realization that something came in through the windshield as opposed to being uh, the driver being launched out of the windshield. Pretty scary. Uh... <laughs> Omi versus Krampus when Krampus first comes down the chimney and he splits the entire fucking house in two. Awesome stuff. Great sign. Really, really cool stuff. Well, this is the first time she's seen him since second she was time. a... Oh, second. yeah. So, yeah, since, yes. Since she was a child. Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking, okay, well, she knows back when she was a kid that he spared her, gave her a little mm-hmm. winky wink, and was like... Tell all your friends about Krampus. I don't even know if he gave her a winky wink. He, he did. He kind of. I, uh, he did. He 
needed. He, he kind of he kind of gave her a scar for life to kind of remember. He kind of murdered his her family. Well, her family, but right? That's not a wink. In, that's in, a, in fairness, I will say, in different Krampus videos and Krampus related things on the interweb, Krampus kind of seems like he's friends with Santa Claus and is also, you know, not a terrible person himself, but he has to inflict terrible things on people who are bad. So he's not a really bad he's not a guy. Well, I mean, if Satan. I was Santa Claus and I, I got he's tired not of... Satan either. No, like Satan is, is Satan. Krampus no, no he's a demon. Krampus he's a demon. He's a de- we'll, we'll call him a demon. We'll call him a demon. But essentially, he's if, you really look Satan, at it, if you look at it from a religious standpoint... Krampus uh, is Satan, and Santa Claus I is God. I don't think that we're going to look at it like that. I though. think that's the way I think it should they're be a little bit. At. I think they're a little bit. A little it certainly bit can be. There, you can though. certainly see it in that way. You I don't see, see it that way. I think I, ca- I can Krampus see it that takes, way. If you don't believe, so basically, this is how it sets up. If you don't believe in me, so we're not even talking. Uh, this has nothing to do with Santa or Krampus. Just the premise. If you don't believe in me regardless of who me is, then some terrifying hoofed demon from a different universe is going to come and gonna come lick your you, face. lick your face, kill you, take you down, and to the depths of the earth, to hell. So, to me, uh, that's Satan. And Christmas is all about belief. Do you believe? Do you have faith? What point. do you believe in? If you don't believe in it, then my nemesis, Krampus, a.k.a. Satan, is going to drag you to fucking hell. So, it's the same thing. It's It's, it's been pushed on by Catholics when you put for it, years. When you put it in that context, it, it makes sense. When you put it in sense. realistic context, yes, yeah. it makes sense. I agree. So, what's the best scene in this movie? I like when the girl gets eaten under the car by the jack-in-the-box. She got eaten? Yeah. Under the car? It's pretty awesome. At the beginning of the movie? Uh, it's towards the beginning, yeah. She... The, first, the first person How to... How do you know she got eaten? The first person to quote-unquote oh. die is the daughter when she's underneath it's the, the car. And she sees Krampus running across the rooftops, and then she yeah, hides the under the car, and Krampus throws a jack, uh, jack-in-the-box underneath, yeah. and it comes out, and then... Dude, Basically, it, sh- it shows the jack-in-the-box open, something comes out of it that you yeah. see part and of, and then she it shows the car shaking. And oh, so it shakes. Assumed, and it's assumed that, that she's going to die. And you're like, whoa! Well, she died, obviously. Yeah. Right, but I feel like that's kind of the first memorable kill that like I think is most effective. I don't think you saw yeah. any kills throughout that entire movie. I saw a lot of kills through the entire no, you movie. You never Are saw... Are you serious? Did you see that kill? Um, nope, you didn't. It you was saw implied. Something. It, it was implied. implied. Also, um, what about the Jack in the Box in the attic that has the feet in its mouth? Oh, well, more on that I mean, later. That's... Yes, that is a different. That is the only one that I actually saw. Uh, that was a kill. That no, was that, kill. Was, that was yeah, that, that yeah. was. That's an that's an eating kill. For yeah, sure. for sure. You saw someone get eaten. So for me, favorite scenes that I had written down, obviously Omi v Krampus when Krampus comes down the chimney. We talked about that. The scene where it shows Omi's past in claymation in a cartoon where her family uh, gets destroyed by Krampus and she learns that lesson. I also had, you know, having watched this a couple times now uh, since we decided to record this podcast, 
in the beginning, after the fact, when uh, when Tony Collette's character, the mom, is back at the house and she's looking at the picture that was taken with Santa Claus with the kids. Oh, <laughs> and the picture staring at her clearly ass. shows yeah. Santa Claus staring at the daughter's ass, who's like fifteen, if that, maybe fourteen or thirteen. It's just that that made me laugh out loud. Uh, the ending, I really liked. More on that later. More on that later. Uh, and, you know, I, I really did get from that scene with Omi where, you know, we were talking about the claymation. I got a lot of Home Alone vibes from that. Okay? You know, she basically is having a disagreement with her family. She's, you know, wishing that they would go away. They do. And instead of them flying to Paris and, uh, you know, coming back in a couple of days... They're gone forever at the hands of Krampus. I thought that was uh, a pretty cool parallel. I thought that was a pretty cool parallel. This movie really, it does draw a lot from some famous Christmas movies of the past. All right, so that brings us to the part where we talk about the worst parts of the movie. Uh, I do have some thoughts here. While I do overall think this is a very good, maybe not necessarily great movie... There are some things that I kind of questioned upon multiple viewings. <clears throat> For example, the first scene. Clearly meant to be a commentary on us as a society, right? Consumerism. You know, it's meant to be like a Black Friday type situation. You just mentioned that where we're banging down the doors of, you know, retail stores. Not me, necessarily, because I would never do that. Having worked retail for a long time, I hate Black Friday shopping. No, but now you can do it online, and it's way easier. I, you know, I feel like... You don't even have to go in the stores nowadays. You can just do it online. You can, which is great. And I I would encourage that most people do that, because retail employees that have to work on holidays, it sucks. Um, I just thought, you know, having seen this movie a bunch of times, the first time I saw this scene, I didn't really get where it was relating to the rest of the movie. And it doesn't until the very last scene where it shows the play where, you know, the kid, Max, is fighting some other kid, and then Adam Scott and Tony Collette are <clears throat> running up and trying to, you know, break the fight up. But it, essentially it has nothing to do with the rest of the entire movie. And I know that you said this is one of your favorite scenes of the movie. Uh, I thought it was one of my worst. I, I, I did not really see the rest of it. So, just my opinion. That's all. Another nitpick that I had, and <laughs> so that movie, that scene of the movie, the opening scene, doesn't lay out the groundwork for the rest of that movie. Oh, it totally does. That that whole movie I, is based off of that scene. Yeah, I agree well, with Andrew. Okay, it's based off of greed. Well, I feel like the and just in general, why Krampus would show up because. The people in that opening scene don't give a fuck about Christmas. They're overrun by the thoughts of what they want, material needs. It all comes down to materialistic views, which again brings it back to a religious type of movie to me. But they were just basing off of how they don't care about anybody else but themselves, what they want, what they need, what they want to get out of that's it. That's exactly, yeah. That's, that's all it was. Yeah, that's what, that's it, the, the opening scene was satire in its finest. The movie is satire. And sure. that scene was satire for how people 
It's greed. Christmas is greed. It's I just not a time of greed. I just would have liked to have seen the characters from the movie tied into more of the scene than just at the very end. From my perspective. Um, I think that the point of the scene is just to, as what Andrew said, is to reiterate the point of the greed throughout the whole Krampus idea. I mean, that's what... Andrew was just saying is that like the greed and the selfishness of people who go shopping on Black Friday for themselves or for I mean for gifts or whatever but I mean I think that like that's the idea behind the whole beginning synopsis of that movie which is really it's powerful because it's people running over each other on Black Friday and, like, in the in, Christmas season. In the, name of, and, in the name of good. Right. But to, like, get their favorite present for their favorite person, but in the same sense... No, it doesn't like even have anything other... to do with that. It has to do with to get the best deal for what they see fit for who they want to get it for. That's nothing to do... That opening scene sets the tone for the entire movie and why Krampus is necessary. Because Krampus is there because he is the... Opposite of Santa. Santa is to basically instill the point upon people that there is more joy in giving than receiving. That's correct. The opening You're right. scene of yeah. that movie is there is more joy in taking what you can get from everybody else and just, it's all, it's greed. It comes down to greed. And that's what Christmas is mm-hmm. turned into. And it's giving instead of receiving. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately. Also, another nitpick. So, I've come across this a couple times in my life. I have a friend that I grew up with who, his parents are from Greece. He's about as Greek as the day is long. He can understand Greek, but he can't speak it. That doesn't make sense to me. How Max, in this movie, can essentially understand everything. As a He's probably, what, seven, no, seven or eight years old? Yeah. He understands everything that Omi is saying, but he can't speak it. Adam Scott also, at one point in the movie, understands what Omi is saying, but he can't speak it. He's not speaking German or Austrian or whatever they're speaking. Uh, he doesn't speak that to her, but Otis heard from once again. Yeah, I guess, I guess my main question is, I, you know, I'm, I'm Irish-American. I have a very small amount of German-American background. I, I've never been to a point where I've had a relative that has spoken a different language. How was how that a thing to be able to understand what they're saying and not be able to speak it? You know more what I'm saying? So, like, more you, so, you more so what blows me away, though, is that the times that they use subtitles, mm-hmm. they choose to use it in certain instances so you can understand what's being said. And then other circumstances, they don't even tell you what she's saying or what is going on. So mm-hmm. it's very confusing. You need to keep that symmetry throughout the movie. You need to be able to understand what she's saying. It is very weird that they understand what she's saying but can't speak it. If you could speak it, you could say it. Mm-hmm. Makes no sense. I, I would think so, too. And, I mean, shocker, at, you know, 
towards towards the end of the movie, she can actually speak English, and she you know t- tells about the she speaks the English the whole time. No, I know, I know that, but she you know <clears throat> decides to speak English when she tells the the story of Krampus. Excuse me, which I thought was interesting. What's the best death in this movie? Because I feel like as a horror podcast, we obviously revel in glorious, gory, disgusting, violent deaths. Agreed. What is the best one in this movie? I have a clear one, and I'm interested to hear hear yours. So I'll start off my original theory is that there are no deaths in this movie, Mm -hmm. because in the end, as we all know, no one is dead. They're all still alive. Are they, though? Because, honestly... Uh, debatable. Debatable. They all might debatable. all be dead and now living in the snow globe. But you don't really see any deaths. They don't really... Uh, you see a lot of deaths. A lot of deaths. You see a lot of deaths. Well, you see a lot of deaths, but they may or may not disappear. be undone. Yeah. You don't, no, you don't really see a lot of the deaths. You don't see the girl and the daughter, whatever her name is, die in the opening scene. You don't see it. It's implied. Right. But right. you don't actually see it. Um... Which I think you is don't see, the best. You don't death. see Omi die. Mm-hmm. You don't see. There's a lot of weird tremor, tremors. You do you see. Know, there's the, a lot of tremor stuff. Like, is it big wor- earthworms oh underneath God, the I love snow tremors. that die? I love in this movie. tremors. But the only death you do see that, in my eye, is the best death is when uh, the dog snatches the gingerbread mm. man out of the air and eats him. Because that's the only visible death. Other than the one where the uh, weird predator, Santa Claus. Creature is eating one of the children. No, for me it's hundred uh, percent when Tony Collette and Conchata Ramchata Conchata Ramchata Feral go up in the attic with the kids, and one of the kids gets eaten by the Jack uh, Jack in the Box. Awesome, unbelievable, such cool imagery, awesome stuff. 100% the best death in the movie. If there can be a quote-unquote death in the movie, which is debatable, but Very more debatable. on that later. Who's your MVP of this movie, if you had to pick one? Catherine. Me? Mm-hmm. That is your name. Um, That's your name. <laughs> oh. Well, I would say, you know, I think Krampus has to be the MVP, to be fair. I mean... I think Krampus. To, to be, be fair, fair. To be fair. I think Krampus, because Krampus has, you know, his own little army of gingerbread toys and all these fucking monsters and whatever. He is the MVP because he has the big guns about scaring the shit out of people and. So you mean the legend of Krampus? Um, I think. I guess what the legend, if you're referring to the legend of Krampus as Krampus and all of his minions, then I suppose, yes. I think that Krampus and all of his characters that come with him, the gingerbread guys, the -the jack-in-the-box guys, all the different weird little monsters that come out of the dark that go boo in the entire movie, I think they're the MVPs by far. I don't think there is any sort of actual character as the MVP that you remember in this movie that seems like they're the all-star. I think that yeah. Krampus takes the cake, all of his monsters take the cake. That's yeah. how that is. I also movie. had the creature effects as my first MVP of this yeah. movie. They're awesome. 
Everything looks great. Krampus looks awesome. More on that later. Uh, I think the Jack in the Box looks awesome. I think the Cherub Angel looks Gingerbread awesome. Gingerbread Man, everything. Krampus's minions look awesome. The Gingerbread Men look awesome. They all look great. It's all it's all you know good creature design, and it and works that well. Anaconda don't want none unless you got bone. I don't think Nicki Minaj. Knows what you're talking about? Nicki Minaj is underneath that little snake in the snow. Yeah, she's under there. Yeah, you think Nicki Minaj is twerking underneath that she snow and, and, and driving David Keckner? Yeah, so you yep. think the ash of Nicki Minaj is is dragging is, them under? Yep, okay. is dragging them under that snow. And Interesting going, theory. Fair Interesting enough. theory. Yep. yep, that's Nicki Minaj. Also for MVPs, <laughs> I had uh, Rosie the dog. R.I.P. Great character. Great character. What awesome bulldog. Awesome, awesome dog. dog. Awesome dog. Love yeah. the bulldog. Eats the uh, gingerbread character. Mm. Fights her ass off. Yep. Uh, when Krampus comes down the chimney. I yeah. know, Goes I know, up the vent know, to yeah. try and yep. find him. Yep. Also, I know you weren't necessarily a huge fan of him, but David Koechner. Oh, well, I'm not a huge... It's I'm a huge fan of him. No, no, no. I, I, I know, but you're, you're saying his, his role in this movie. A uh, <laughs> couple jokes that stood out to me. Okay. <laughs> Adam Scott says to him... Can you get over to where where his girl, uh, his daughter's boyfriend's house is? And he says, Lucinda, <laughs> I could point this thing due east and be storming the beaches of Normandy by sunrise. Awesome stuff. He's great. He's a typical uh, cousin Eddie character. Oh yeah, he's great. You, you know, I, I feel like this movie plays well off of the, you know, Democrat. Republican uh, trope of most I mean, families. his character is borderline the same character that it was in Thank You for Smoking. When yeah. he was the guns... I'll, I'll trust you on that because right. I haven't seen it. That's a great movie. Yeah, I'm but sure. I'm you sure had the I know, uh, Merchants of Death. Eckhart, right? Eckhart, Eckhart's he in that. was yeah. the smoker. Okay, okay. fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough, Squirrelly, then. Fair enough. To be fair. Also had Aunt Dorothy down fair. as uh, one of the MVPs of this movie, who is Conchata, Rumchata, Feral. Uh, the one who sucks. Oh, my God. She sucks. Loved her. She was awesome. Aunt she didn't Dorothy? do anything, but she was awesome. Um, what? Are you serious? She drank she the whole time. Just showing up, knowing her purpose. Hey, yeah. She shows up. She just starts drinking immediately when she gets there. Immediately, her first quote after she has dinner. No, all right. Well, Where, she, where's okay, the nod? Right, Time to get merry. Oh, nice, nice quote. Nice. Sit, sitting down at dinner, and huh. they're eating turkey. Where's uh-huh. the mac and cheese? And Says, uh, who doesn't make a ham at Christmas? What are we, Jews now? Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't endorse that. Love all you Jewish listeners out there. Also, best part of the movie is when uh, all the Krampus creatures come down and uh, she has the shotgun and uh, they all look at her and they say Aunt Dorothy finish it and essentially they're launching some of the little Krampus creatures up in the air and she's just shooting them out of the air with the shotgun. Awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, Really, really good. So So what are we doing to wrap this movie up? 
Let's wrap it up. Wrap well, it up. Wrap well, it up. So, with that being said, so we, 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 so we, we've, we've talked what? about a lot of the, you know, the, the topics regarding the plot of the movie. He already went through the MVP. Now I we're going, understand. now we're going into, as I alluded to, yeah. some of the outside the coffin topics. Um, oh. Walter didn't uh, announce his MVP, and he Andrew. seems pretty, sorry, Andrew... Didn't announce his MVP, and he's pretty sour about it. So I was just saying I didn't get to do my MVP. Well, as I mentioned, because that was actually a few seconds. This is ago, uh, and this is a work in progress. So I apologize. Oh, for that's fine. I don't need to. Yeah, you, Andrew, you skipped it over. Who's your, who's your MVP? In this Real movie? quick, Omi, the grandmother. Mm, well, MVP. Three reasons. Bakes up a fucking storm. When they come back, initial scene. She's got like five thousand cookies made. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal, like that in itself makes you the MVP. And then when there's no power, and there's nothing going on, uh-huh. who's making hot chocolate on the stove? Obviously, where'd Only she get the chocolate fire. from? Where'd she do any of that? That to me makes her the MVP. Yeah. Okay. Cookies and hot chocolate. All right. I'm I mean, a, uh, yeah, the, hot, the hot chocolate is MVP worthy by itself. Yeah. You I don't mean, have to. You don't have to kill any monsters. Just make hot chocolate. I mean, it, it's clear your that uh, that that she is meant to be one of the major parts of this movie. So you know, I, I can certainly understand that. So, outside the coffin topics for this movie, <clears throat> if you guys could replace any actor or actress in this movie with somebody else, who would it be? I Catherine, would... I'll start with you. <laughs> Thank you. I know you have a Michael very, for starting with me. I know you have a strong opinion. I really on this. appreciate you. Of course. Let's hope you have a good point on this one because you haven't had any on any other one. Oh, how about that? How about it? Andrew that? coming in hot. So, um, I will say I would recruit replace <laughs> Start off strong. Yeah. <laughs> I would replace the um Grandma, mm-hmm. with the... What's her name? I don't know. I would replace Grandma... Whatever, the one that survived the Krampus. You know, there's only one Grandma. Oh, I'm just... Omi. Jesus. Omi. Omi. All right, I'm sorry. I would I'd replace Omi... With? With a Grandmama from BFS. Because I feel like she would be much more... Um, I don't know, she's in so much more fun. That's not like, her. Can, can you do the I, whole I description understand. in a German I, voice? Not no, a I'm not going to do it in a German voice. But I oh. do believe... You don't want to offend our German listeners? So if anyone didn't understand any of what she was just saying, she wants to replace Omi with the grandmother from uh, Beer Fest. Beer Fest, yes. yes. Beer Fest. Yes. Which is, what's her name? She's famous. Which, actress. I don't remember her name, but um, I don't know. she... She's been in a million movies. Um, has been... You should know. She's who she been is. in the awesome. I, I'm sorry. I don't know her name. I wish I did. But um, she was great in Beer Fest, and she just made such like a nice little comedic relief. And I thought that she would be, you know, a, a little bit of a happier person. Is that the role what's, though that was meant to name? be played in this? Um, no, it isn't. I, probably so that's not. A, that's but a bad... in the same sense, I mean. In a Christmas sense, everyone else is happy, and then all of a sudden the grandmother is just like this morbid person. Yeah, so that's person. the point so of like, her. So when you're casting a movie, you pick sense, out someone. I, 
So your stance is because this is more I, of a like this is obviously more of a comedic movie than a horror movie, right? So you think that it would be, it would be better if the grandma was a comedic character? Um, no, I don't think that. Then, then your point makes no sense. Um, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> that makes literally zero sense. I think that she Your would whole be reasoning a was nicer what? kind of. I don't. I, I. I feel like as a grandmother, I feel like next. Oh, you are just relentless. You, you little. Like that? Well, your point. Your point makes no sense. The point is that I feel like she could have been a nicer, warmer character as a grandmother. So versus yell like at the producer or the director bench. of the movie. That's all. That's not has nothing to do with the actress. You're right. Okay. So, All right, fine. wrong. Fair deal. Okay. Fair deal. Fair All right, deal. children. So, Andrew, if you could replace any actor uh, or actress in the yeah. movie with somebody else, how about you, Andrew? Who would you Wait, choose? Who would you pick? After that, I'm oh fine. yeah, sure. Is after it one cats, of the kids that dies? Gem, who would I replace in this movie? Um, stupid. I wouldn't necessarily replace. Oh, oh, anybody. you wouldn't replace anybody because that's no, the easy I way thought, out. Mm. <laughs> That's, yes. Oh, good job. Good so that job. may be an easy mm, way out. So nice, But Andrew. in retrospect, after watching the movie, mm-hmm. this movie had a phenomenal cast. Great. How are you going to replace people in a movie? This is a, mm, this is yeah. at best what should be a B-budget horror movie. Yep. yep. And they got Tony Collette, Adam mm-hmm. Scott, David Ketchner. They got phenomenal actors mm. and actresses for it. Mm-hmm. So the only person I would replace in that movie would be, is... Um, um, hmm. Oh. You, you at best you could replace Adam Scott with Paul Rudd. That's like the same person, but that would be the. I thought about I thought about Adam Scott, who I actually really like. We've been watching a lot of Parks and Rec lately. He's great. He's a very very much a deadpan kind of actor, and he's doing the same thing here in this as he is in everything else. And I understand that he's you know supposed to be dry and you know blah blah blah. So. I think that he is he's fine in that case, watching him several times. So <laughs> one of the things I laughed at when, uh, when Tony Collette says to him, you're not supposed to be working like you're, you're home. You're not supposed to be working on Christmas. He answers the phone, and he's walking away, and he says such a white guy dad thing. He says, a couple phone calls. He says, uh, he says oh, my God, it's such a cluster F on Christmas here. Like, oh, my God. Like, is there a, is there a more white guy thing to do than time to rock and roll? That might be the only other uh, big white white guy thing to do. My thought, Tony Collette, I think, might be better utilized in a different movie than this movie. Like a real I movie? I agree. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was a check. Love, yeah. love. So your point makes no sense. Love Tony Collette. She's fantastic in The Sixth Sense. Hereditary? Hereditary is Awesome. This was not her movie. I she, also she was good in this movie. I feel like this was the type um, of movie where she basically she had a contract with Universal to do a bunch it. of movies and no, she did it. This part would have been better played by, by somebody like ready for it? Kristen Wig. Uh no. Oh, okay. No. Kristen Wig? I think if Kristen um, Wig had been the wife, she's funnier. I feel like it w- she would have been no. better suited to the role. I don't feel like this is like a funny haha movie that you would have Kristen Wiig well, play in. It's I feel a like kind a, of a funny haha. It's not a serious. Not movie. a Kristen. It's not. It's, not, it's, it's not like a serious, serious movie. movie. I I get it, but not not Kristen Wiig funny. Well, so just so you know, Kristen Wiig is playing a serious character in the new Wonder Wonder Woman. <laughs> the new Wonder Woman movie that's coming out. 
she's been in serious roles before. I think she would be better in this role than Tony Collette would. I feel like comedic actors do very well when they're translating to roles in horror movies, which you can actually see with movies like Us or Get Out, directed by Jordan Peele, who's from Key and Peele. It's funny stuff. So it's fair that you say that. I do get that. Mm-hmm. Um, middle ground, Kristen Bell. Okay. Would be perfect for that role. Okay. All right. So, all this discussion about Krampus came out in 2015. Is this movie closer to the best or worst horror movie of 2015? I'll give you some of the uh, some of the options for this year. Okay. It follows. Phenomenal. The Witch. Phenomenal. What We Do in the Shadows. Phenomenal. The Visit. Crimson Peak. Goosebumps. Insidious. Chapter Three. Paranormal Activity. The Ghost Dimension. Poltergeist, the remake. <laughs> Sinister 2, Bone Tomahawk, Southbound, Green Room, and The Nightmare. I'll give you a Bone Tomahawk. <laughs> <laughs> I say it falls oh, right. very much in the middle. I feel like It Follows, for me, It Follows was probably one of the scariest movies that I've seen in a very long time since, like, The Ring. Because I feel like it was a very... Real scary movie in a weird way in like the eighties. I don't know the whole eighties thing and like that was just for me. It, it follows had that awesome eighties soundtrack, thriller, which was the great. Thriller horror feel to it that made it almost feel real was. It was I, I loved it. I loved it so That's much. Great. I think what we're missing is that this isn't a horror movie. Right. It's a horror comedy. Uh, it's a horror comedy, but yeah. obviously this is this is trying to be a horror movie. To me, though, you can't even rank it with those movies. I think you can. I think you can rank it in the middle. I think you can put it in the middle. It ranks in there. It's a solid B plus movie. Well, okay, so uh, not uh, of those movies, not a horror, not a comedy. It's just a B plus solid movie. To me, the best horror movie of 2015 that year of all the movies that I that I just read is is It Follows. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's close. Uh, But I also think, in terms of horror comedy, there are some close. Some close options. Uh, what we do in the shadows is phenomenal. That actually might give the edge over this. Uh, also, the Goosebumps movie, really good. Even though it's you know kind of uh, a I, bas- I, bastardized. Yeah, you can't. did can't you read the Goosebumps I, I, movie? I, I've that, did you read the Goosebumps that, books? Excuse I don't me. Find that I've to read be Goosebumps. A, I don't know. I don't find that to be as good as. If we're talking this about movie. Goosebumps. Can we talk about way better books? Because mm-hmm. out of the seven books I've read in my life. Um, has anybody read Wayside Stories? No. Nope. Well, then I don't want to talk to any okay. of you. So Fair enough. You lost Wayside Stories so, way uh, better. Uh, if uh, you agree, retweet Wayside Stories. Best whatever. Yes. And tag it uh, America's Hometown Andrew. Horror Podcast. Uh, Hometown Horror Podcast. Ah, uh, podcast. That's what we go by. So, Andrew, what, like uh, uh, of those movies, like what do, you, what do you think is the best movie of 20? Go. So... 2015, good year for movies. Um, it follows definitely up there. Phenomenal movie. Love the 80s vibe to it. Um, but for me, I love anthologies. Southbound, a very underrated movie that didn't get a lot of publicity. But if you haven't seen it, Southbound is very good. All three stories tie into each other in a very dark and twisted manner. And 
I don't want to give away anything because if you haven't seen it, because I know a lot of people haven't seen that movie. Southbound is awesome. You've got to watch it. So it's great. Phenomenal. So great. And available to stream for free on Amazon Prime right now if you have it. Well, not for free. But if you have Amazon Prime, you're paying for it. It's available to stream. You can watch it. It's great. Really fucked up. Really scary. Uh, I would highly recommend checking that movie out. Last question about Krampus before we get into some really serious spoiler discussion. Would this movie translate well to a haunted attraction? Andrew. Um, depends on when and where the haunted attraction is. There's plenty of haunted Halloween attractions with hay rides and all that dumb shit. No one cares about that because it's boring. But if you did, like, a Christmas sleigh ride through some town, lit up town, and you involved Krampus in that, that'd be pretty scary. I think you could get that real scary with a real surprise. Like, don't tell anybody. Be like, yeah, it's a regular Christmas hayride. And then all of a sudden, bang, Krampus comes out, eats your children, and they're dead. That's pretty I also think that could be pretty awesome. I mean, <laughs> imagine that where you uh, take your kids to, um, like, uh, Edaville Railroad, and, and you're on a train, and then all of a sudden, bam, your kids are dead. <laughs> so the funny thing is that uh, <laughs> Krampus has already been turned into a haunted attraction. So back in 2016, Halloween Horror Nights, uh, which is a coast-to-coast event uh, in Orlando and in Hollywood, both turned uh, Krampus into a haunted house. So funny. Which, so awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was alongside other IPs and intellectual properties back in 2016. Uh, American Horror Story, The Exorcist, Walking Dead, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween 2. Uh, it was the first Michael Doherty movie to be featured in a haunted house. Uh, in 2017, though... Trick or Treat was featured in the Scare Zone, and then in 2018 it was featured in the house. So it actually already has been featured uh, in Haunted Attraction, which is great. Uh, awesome to see that. Those videos are available on YouTube.com if you want to see how that uh, movie was turned into a Haunted Attraction. I would highly recommend trick checking it out. <clears throat> so, uh, before we get into theories about the ending of this movie, Andrew, what is your favorite Christmas horror movie? So there's a good amount of them. Um, for me, though, I don't want to give anything away, but there is a 1980s horror movie, Christmas classic, directed by Lewis Jackson called Christmas Evil. Uh, the main actor in that movie is Brandon Maggarts. He has... Basically, his performance sets the stage for that entire movie. It's been compared by many to a Christmas horror version of Taxi Driver. Uh, it's weird, fucked, disturbing, sad. It's just... It's out there. If you like out there, serial killer, eh, psychological thriller type movies, that's the one to watch. I don't want to give too much away, but... Christmas Evil, 1980s, made by Lewis Jackson. Check it out. It's really good. Catherine, what's your favorite uh, Christmas horror movie? Okay. Well, uh, so mine is Gremlins. And Thanks, I feel Catherine. like it's not even close. Uh, Gremlins is a Christmas movie. 
go fuck yourself if you think otherwise. It's a Christmas movie. Just like awesome. Die Hard. <clears throat> Just like Die Hard. Pardon me. I mean, I feel like the entire time they are in Christmas season, the gremlins are attacking during Christmas season. The gremlin is given to the main character as a Christmas gift. There's absolutely no reason why this is not a Christmas movie. So, uh, gremlins, you know, obviously, if you know, you know. It's a if great you don't movie. know, now you know. If you don't know, then I would recommend you go watch uh, Gremlins. All right, and that takes us to the last part of our podcast, which is a spoiler discussion about the end of Krampus. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. spoiler. I mean, which, I mean, I mean, if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen this movie, which was came out five years ago, and you don't know about the end, then uh, and you're listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening. But if you don't know the ending, I'm sorry. We're about to spoil the fuck out of it. So there's two theories about the ending. <clears throat> I'd be interested to hear both of your opinions on these. So the first theory is that the Angles and their family are trapped in the snow globe, uh, condemned to repeat Christmas morning for eternity in a twisted version of hell. Which, to me, I always prefer darker endings for horror movies because... Life, life, life doesn't always work out the way you planned. Okay, like that's not a dark ending. No, that is, but that's not. It the, is. There's two alternatives. It, it is. Right, there's all. Al- right. There's alternatives. So continue um, with the second alternative. I I really love horror movies that have bold, <clears throat> disturbing endings. One of my favorite. One of my favorites, just so you know, uh, uh, the mist. With Thomas Jane, you seen that? But, uh, also based on a Stephen King book. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. The ending in that movie is fucked, so fucked. So is the ending to uh, Christmas Evil, nineteen eighties. You should watch it. Check it out. Just saying, that's my. So that's one option for the ending, and then uh, the the uh, the other opinion from the fans, which I I I pulled all this from Reddit, is that the Angles were given a second chance, and the snow globe is Krampus's means of watching over them for the rest of the rest of their life. Uh, although uh, writer-director Michael Darty has refused to confirm which theory is true, the tie-in comic book, Shadow of St. Nicholas, confirms that the happy ending is the true one. The comic has murdered characters resurrected without any sort of uh, a twist, showing that Krampus is willing to give people a second chance as long as they prove they've learned their lesson. So basically, if you... You know, if you're an asshole, if you're, uh, you know, mean to your family, and you decide that you want to be nice again, Krampus will give you a second chance. That's a happy ending. Apparently. Uh, Unlike his grandmother, Max was brave enough to confront Krampus and prove he'd learned his lesson, Ah. which is why Max and his family returned and the grandmother, grandmother's family, did not. Wrong. I feel like uh, Omi sold her family down the river. No, she didn't. 100%. Neither one of them was braver. Uh, One of them uh, offered to... No, they both confronted Krampus in the end, didn't they? Correct. Yes. They both did. They both did. He -hmm. wasn't braver. He just offered to give himself, Mm -hmm. which again leads me to believe that he is... uh, He is... 
Jeebus. I think Jeebus? they're all dead in a snow, snow globe. Okay. I mean, honestly. They're in the, no, they're in the snow globe. That's their hell. That's what they have to deal yeah, with. Yeah, it's their hell. It's their hell because then they're going to have to just relive Christmas every day. I think that's that's the real hell of it. I, I don't think it's that they got a second chance. I think they have to relive the hell every day of having Christmas every single day. That's what I think. That's what I think it is. I think it's. It's 11 11 on Friday the 13th. Do you want to make a wish? Um, sure. What's your wish? I'm not gonna... Is it that this podcast ends? Soon? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad your wish didn't Um, have... well, I hope this podcast goes very well and swimmingly in the future. That's my wish. Agreed. And obviously, if you're listening to this, we really appreciate your support. Uh, obviously, we're a local podcast... Uh, it's something that we've been trying to do for quite a few months, and we really appreciate you listening. We really appreciate the support. We really appreciate uh, any support of local <laughs> Plymouth businesses. That was Jesus, me farting, Jesus by the Christ. way. Jesus Christ. What a slob. Keep it in. Keep it in. It smells terrible. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep that fart in. As we should. Any final thoughts on Krampus, you guys? Anything else you want to get off your chest before we wrap this up? I think that um, the movie, the Anthony Bourdain thing, all the stuff, I think it's interesting to share with, yeah, just friends and stuff, because I feel like a lot of people I know that I was telling about this podcast that they didn't know who Krampus was. And then I ended up, you know... Once I started talking about Krampus, I ended up nicknaming my uh, co-worker, Katie Krampus, mm-hmm. after a while because she started being a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. testy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, you know, it's it's appropriate. It's nice. It's kind of in a nice way to have an American gonna wrap tradition. going to wrap up at some point? Yes, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you. It's nice to have some sort of foreign tradition as an American tradition to also have, like, you know, Santa Claus is coming if you're good, but, like, in the same so sense... Y- you mean the tradition Krampus of children Krampus is coming being if you are bad. So, like, you know, if Krampus is coming, you didn't do so hot. Sorry. Like, I don't know. That's... So even though that point might have taken a little while to get there, I, I do... Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 okay. But I wholeheartedly It took me too long agree. to get there. Dude, mister, I've taken the entire podcast to myself. Oh, okay. I think we're going to mm-hmm. edit this so we don't have to listen to you talk about that. Yeah, nonsense. of course. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Yeah, anywho. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great movie that you oh, should yes. watch. I think you should watch it. Uh, I think it's a great movie that... I think it's uh, a great movie you should watch, too. Okay. You, you <laughs> should... Just stop. <laughs> You're drunk and no one wants no, to listen to boo, you. No, boo, boo! I don't want that either. Like, misogyny no, 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 that at either. its best right now. Cutting off the so woman. So go ahead, Michael. Say it again. <laughs> That's okay. We may so cut it. I think it's a great we, podcast we that you off. think you should watch. It. Uh, it's a great. Good. It's it's a great podcast you should watch. Absolutely, as you said. And it's a great movie game. that you should watch. And we're a great podcast that you should listen to. Uh, just so you know, if you've been listening to this point, thank God for you. Uh, we are the uh, America's Hometown Horror Podcast. You can find us on the following social media platforms. On Twitter, at Hometown Horror. On Instagram, at Hometown Horror Pod. Or you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. 
Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. We really appreciate it, you guys. Uh, any support for us, we would really appreciate. And of course, we are a Plymouth-based podcast. Any business in Plymouth that you work with, go out, support them, uh, and have a spooky night. Also, friends. just so you know, we feed off of hate, so we want to know what you didn't like. What bugged you? What irked you? What triggered you? Tell us. Yes.